Good morning, City Hills. How are you doing this morning? Love the spirit of God that's in this place this morning. My name is Derek, and I have the privilege to lead the prayer and care team here at City Hills. And uh, we are just so excited about this weekend. We are kicking off a new series called All the Feels. All the Feels. And uh, some of you, I, I, I spoke last night, and I had someone come up to me and say, I, I, I never knew what that was. And so what that is, is if you're not hip, which I'm not hip either, uh, uh, so you, you post a picture on, on Instagram, and you say that that picture gave you all the feels, or you, you saw a movie, and you say that movie gave me all the feels. Those are the positive feels. Those are, that made you feel good. It made you feel positive. Maybe it made you cry a little, and then there was redemption at the end of the movie. And so that, that's all the feels. And so uh, we, we understand and, and we appreciate the positive feelings that come in our lives. But what this series is about is what about the negative feelings that come and how do you deal with negativity that comes and the negative feelings when they attack you what do we do uh, with that? And, and what does the, the Bible speak about those feelings that come against us? And so today we're going to examine a, a feeling that everyone deals with, this little feeling called anxiety. Does anybody deal with anxiety? Whether, whether you're, you're, you're a, a child here or, or a, a middle school, high school, or whether you're uh, over the hill, whatever it may be, you have dealt with this feeling called anxiety. And the, the irony here is, as I was studying to preach a message about what we do when anxiety attacks, and I was getting anxiety of whether or not the sermon was going to go well about overcoming anxiety. That's how much we have to deal with with anxiety. Anxiety is a, a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. So, so what does the Bible tell us about what to do when anxiety attacks? See, I hesitate to say how to overcome anxiety because I don't really know if it's something that we overcome but rather something that we handle when it comes and we can either handle it in a positive way or a negative way so so what do we do Philippians 4 and 6 is one of my all-time favorite verses Philippians 4 6 and, and, and 7 and it says do not be anxious about anything Here's the thing about that little line is if you're a, a, a Christian who wants to be obedient to Scripture and you read, don't be anxious about anything, I get anxiety because I want to live according to the Word of God. And it says, don't be anxious about anything, but I also have had anxiety and deal with that. So now what do I do with that? Or you say, well, that's easy. You know, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. You're the Apostle Paul. That's pretty easy for you to say, not to be anxious about anything. 
So, yeah, you know, you, you went and started churches all around the world. But guess what? Paul is writing to the church at Philippi while he's in prison. While he's in prison. And he's in prison, and he's telling the, the church not to be anxious about anything. And see, the Bible tells me not to be anxious about anything, but, but most of the time, I'm anxious about everything. Right? I, I look at my, my, my bank account and I get a little anxiety. And then I, I've got a, a, a third child on the way, and so I get a little anxiety, and that also doesn't help when I look at my bank account. And then, and then I think about, you know, I've got three boys, and, and they need to go to college, and then it goes back again to my bank account. And then I'm like, oh my goodness, well, what if they can't go to college? Then they're going to be 35 years old, living in my basement, playing video games and eating Cheetos and drinking Monster Energy Jinks, and I'm going to have to evict them out of my house like that guy had to do last week. Did you see that on Facebook? A parents had to actually legally evict their 35-year-old man-child out of their home, and I'm thinking, my goodness, if, if all this continues to happen, then I'm going to be 95 years old greeting people at Walmart because i got to pay for my children that won't get out of my house. Do you see how anxiety works? It just keeps going and going and going. And that's what happens to us. But in, in, in some ways, you know, fear and, and anxiety is not necessarily, it's a natural thing. You know, my, my youngest boy, Colton, and, and, and my, my middle child, Levi, they've been playing a lot outside since the weather's been nice. And, and sometimes I'll just hear them screaming really loud. And I look out, and there's a wasp or a bee that's, that's flying around. And I didn't teach them to be afraid of bees. They're just naturally kind of fear and anxiety comes because why? Because they can't control the bee or the wasp. See, we are afraid of things when we are not in control. I don't know about you, but I do not like snakes. If a snake began to slither around here, you would see the Holy, I would catch the Holy Spirit really quick, and I would take a lap because I can't control that snake. We, we don't like things that we can't control. I can't control whether he slithers around or, or bites or, you know, we can't control those things. If you don't like uh, uh, spiders and they, they jump, and you, we don't like the things that we are not in control of but but Paul tells us in Philippians 4 6 he says don't be anxious about anything but in every situation in every single situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God see we may not see the light at the end of the tunnel we may not have an answer for the difficult situation that we're going through but we give it to Jesus because he knows the beginning from the ending. Jesus has given us hope. Jesus has the answer for whatever situation that you may be facing. So my question to you today is, what do you do when anxiety attacks? Because it will come. So how do you handle it? What do you do? Point number one, where is your focus? Where, what are you focused on when anxiety begins to come? Because when anxiety comes, what are you focused on? If you look at just the word anxiety, and I've got it here on the screen, what is right in the middle of anxiety, in the English spelling of the word, right in the middle of anxiety is I. Right in the middle of your anxiety is you. 
It's, it's you, and when you boil it down to you, to in the middle of all of that, it's your pride. It's, I can take care of it. I can work it out. I have the ability. I have the knowledge. I have the strength. I can take care of it. And see, what we have to do when anxiety attacks is we have to check our focus. Is it on us, or is it on Jesus? Because if we take ourselves out of the middle of our anxiety, and you place Jesus in the middle of it, see, because if it has to do with me and my strength and my ability and how smart I am, I am very limited and I can't handle it. And so more anxiety comes. But when I turn it over to Jesus, see, I may be limited in power, but he is all powerful. I may be limited in knowledge, but he is omniscient. I am only at one place at one time. All of us right now, we're just here at City Hills only. But God is at all places, at all times, everywhere at the same time. You have to check your focus when anxiety comes. Is it about you or do you flip it over to him? And when you take yourself out of the middle and you put Jesus in the middle of your situation, then all of a sudden there will be peace, there will be joy, there will be contentment. The, the situation may not go away, but the anxiety can go away. See, if we look to ourself, if you look inward, it just produces more anxiety. But when you look to Jesus, it produces peace. Psalm 121, some call a, a, a song, a, a psalm of soldiers. It's uh, David prepping for battle. And he says this right here. He says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. So every one of us have these moments in our lives where there's a mountain in front of us. He says, I look up to the mountains and I ask this question. He says, where does my help come from? It's in these moments in our life, these mountain moments where there's a mountain in front of us and on, us in our own ability, we, there's nothing we can do about that mountain. So we have to ask the question, is it going to be about me or, or in what I can do in my ability? He says, where does my help come from? We ask the question, where is my help? And here's the answer that David gives. And this is the answer that you have to give yourself. There's times where you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. He says, my help comes from the Lord, who is the maker of heaven and earth. My help doesn't come from my skills and my abilities and the things that I can do and my stature, thank God, because as you can see, it's not very tall. It's not my strength and what I can do. My help comes from the maker of heaven and earth, the one that has all power in heaven and earth. He says he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches Israel will never slumber or sleep. I love this. We serve a God who doesn't need to take naps. I don't know about you, but I have off days. I have bad days. I have days when I'm cranky, when my kids are getting on my nerves. And the best thing that I could do is take a nap. But that nap isn't going to happen because, again, it goes back to the kids, right? I love my kids just for the record. But, but it says that the God who watches over us, he doesn't get tired. 
He doesn't get weary. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't sleep. That the God who watches over us, that he will not let our foot stumble. He watches over us. It says that he is the shade at our right hand. It says the sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. David understood. And this is a man who fought a bear and fought a lion and fought a giant. And he was in battle his entire life. And he understood that it wasn't about his strength. It wasn't about his ability. It wasn't about what he can do. He said, you know what, to the giant, he said, you come to me with the sword and the spear. But I come to you in the name of the Lord, the God of the host of Israel. That guess what? You come against me. Circumstances and situations come against you. But guess what? The Lord of all heaven and earth is on your side. He is the one that is going to keep you. When anxiety comes, you have to check your focus. Where's your focus? Because if you can shift it off of yourself or even your situation. Because many times anxiety comes, why? Because we're focused on the situation. Sometimes too often we, we... we focus on, on, on the, the, the horizontal instead of the vertical. But if we would look up to him, there would be a peace that comes. So when anxiety comes, what do you do? Number two, when anxiety attacks, you have to understand that you have access. That you have access to the maker of heaven and earth. That's what David said. He said, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth that you have access. Hebrews says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. That you can go boldly before God because Jesus Christ paid the work on the cross that we don't have a high priest that we have to go through. We don't have to go through some kind of religious ritual that you can go boldly to God and when you have need help in your time a need that you can cry out to him and he hears your cry. God hears you when you cry out to him. The Bible says that at the sighing of the needy, I shall arise. That God knows you so well. Have you ever been in a place in life where anxiety and and, and just fear kind of was overtaking you and you could hardly even pray? All you could do is sigh. But guess what? God even understands your sigh. I have a habit sometimes of just kind of sighing for no reason, and my wife will ask me, what's wrong? And I'll say, well, 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 well nothing's really wrong, but, but maybe something is wrong, and God knows. God understands the sigh, that God hears you when you cry out to him. God doesn't send you to voicemail, right? You, all of us know what it's like when you call a friend and you really need to speak to them, and they send you to voicemail. Because you get one ring, and then you get their, their voicemail, and then all of a sudden you get a text, hey, what's going on? Well, what's going on is I needed to talk to you. That's what was going on. I didn't want a text message. I, wanted to act, I needed to speak to somebody. See, in my job, I, I do medical billing, and so sometimes I have to call insurance companies, and you have to talk to an automated system for about 15 minutes before you talk to uh, another human being, and then usually you're talking to another human being on the other side of the world, and, and, you know, imagine if you, every time that you wanted to pray, that you had to call up to heaven. Sounded like this. Thank you for calling heaven. 
for English press one, for French press two, for Spanish press three, all lists of other languages, please press zero. Please select one of the following options. Press one for requests, press two for Thanksgiving, press three for complaints. For all other inquiries, please press four. Your prayer is important to us, and we will answer it in the order that it was received, so please stay on the line. If you would like to speak to Jesus, please press 1. The Apostle Paul, press 2. The Prophet Elijah, press 3. If you would like to hear King David play you a psalm while you're waiting, just press 4. To find a loved one who has been assigned to heaven, press 5, then enter his or her social security number, followed by the pound sign. For answers to nagging questions about dinosaurs, the age of the earth, life on other planets, and where Noah's Ark is, just wait until you arrive. Our computers show that you have already prayed today. Please call back tomorrow. The office is closed for a holiday weekend in observance of Memorial Day. Please pray again on Tuesday after 9.30 a.m. If you are calling after hours and need emergency, please call your local pastor. Thank you, and have a heavenly day. But guess what? You don't have to go through all that. You can just pray to God, and He hears your cry immediately. He hears your prayers just like He hears everyone else's prayers. Why? Because He's all-powerful and all-knowing that you have to understand that we have access to Him immediately. When anxiety attacks, fight it knowing that you can bring it to God right away. You don't have to hang on to it. You don't have to hold it. You don't have to carry it. Why? Because it'll just produce more anxiety. Turn it over to Jesus who will take care of the situation. Thank God that we can get through to him every day. He doesn't slumber or sleep. He doesn't take off for the weekends. He doesn't take off for the holidays. We serve a God who is there at all times. 1 Peter 5 and 7 says this. It says, cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And here's the thing. If you don't cast your anxiety on him, you will not feel cared for by him. Because the enemy will come when you're you're trying to hang on to all of that weight and all that burden and all that anxiety. And he'll say, see, I told you so. God doesn't care about you. God God doesn't hear your cry. God has forgotten about you. And, And when the enemy comes with accusations like that, you just remember all of the blessings that God has given to you. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Don't forget about the benefits of being a child of God, that you have benefits because you are a child of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We used to live in in Florida. We lived about 90 miles south of Orlando. And so we had these passes to Disney World, these annual passes. You know, you're a a resident, and so it was cheap. And, and of course, there was benefits that came along with having these passes. We had these, they were kind of these restricted passes where you could only go during the week, Monday through Friday, and you couldn't go, you know, during spring break or in the summer when it's 137 degrees and you don't want to go anyway. But I had these these friends in Orlando who had the same exact passes with the same exact benefits. And one day I'm talking to him on the phone, and he's like, man, these passes are great. It's, you know, so great for the kids. He said, but you know what? It, it gets a little expensive because you know, we have to pay $20 to park every time we go. And I said, wait a minute. 
you need you need to go online and, and check your benefits. You have the same passes as, uh, as us, right? So all you have to do is when you go through the gate is you show your card and parking is included with the passes that you have. And see, if you are not careful, the enemy will try to tell you that you have to pay for something that God has already paid for. That, that you don't have access to certain areas, but guess what? There are benefits to being a child of God. That Jesus has given us access to all the benefits through his work on the cross. That God is saying, look, you have access to joy and peace and salvation. You have access to all the benefits that come, that we do not forget his benefits. Cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you and his benefits come along with being a child of God. I open with Philippians 4 and 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. But don't ever read verse 6 without reading verse 7. Because verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, when you're going through uh, whatever situation it may be, there can be a peace that transcends all understanding. Nobody else may get it. Nobody else can understand it if they're not a child of God. But you can have peace right in the middle of the worst situation and circumstance. Have you ever Have you ever been in a hospital room and it's a bad situation, but but somehow there's a peace? What is that? Well, it transcends understanding. It doesn't make any sense. It's the peace of God. But it says that it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, I don't know about you, but I need a guard over my heart and over my mind. And when anxiety attacks, we have to check our intake. Because each and every one of us have 24-7 access to news and to to Facebook notifications and Instagram notifications and and you've got you've got headlines that'll pop up and and your phone will be buzzing in your pocket and if you love Jesus then you keep your phone on vibrate that's just, that was just a little free of charge there and and you're just walking around and zzz, 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 and and you don't and and guess what when when anxiety begins to attack you have to check your intake because anxiety and my waistline have one thing in common. The intake determines its size. And if I want my waistline to go down, I got to guard what I put in my mouth. But if I want my anxiety to go down, I got to guard what I put in my mind and in my heart. And sometimes you got to just shut some things off. Sometimes you have to check your intake and say, hey, what is what is playing in my head? What What's 24-7 going on and coming at me? And, and I, I learned this new awesome uh, update on the iPhone. They've, they've got this new feature. And I, I did this update, and my wife was like, oh, this is so cool. Check it out. What you can do, if you hold this side button long enough, look what happens. You can turn it off. It's a great new feature. It's a great new feature because sometimes 
We weren't designed to have stuff coming at us 24-7 all the time. And, 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 and sometimes maybe you have friends that just like to bring drama and it's just weighing you down. Why don't you check the intake? Maybe your Facebook feed is just full of just tension and junk. Guess what? They got that hide button. It's great. They're still friends. They don't even know, but you don't even have to see their stuff anymore. Check the intake, whatever it may be, whatever it is. You got news outlets creating political and racial tension all the time, nonstop, over and over and over, and all it does is weigh us down and feel hopeless. I don't know, but I, I see the, the news, and there feels hopeless, and anxiety's coming. Hey, check your intake, because we have to take captive our thoughts. That's what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. That we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You got to take your thoughts and you got to filter, filter it through the word of God. And you say, is that a promise or is that poison? Is it a promise or is it poison? And you filter it through the word of God before you let it go into your mind. And you say, that's a promise from God. And I'm going to hang on to that. And then something else comes and it says, no, that's poison. I'm rejecting that. I'm not going to get that in my system because that will bring anxiety. And so you, when, uh, when anxiety begins to attack, it brings me to number four, you hold on to his promises. Hold on to his promises. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. All the promises of God are yes for us. If you read it in here, then it is a yes. If you read it in the scriptures, you say yes. And then our response is that it's yes through Christ because Jesus Christ has made the way for us. And so our response is amen. Which amen means so be it. So you're reading through the scriptures and it says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you know what your response is? Amen. And you're reading through the scripture and it says God has not given us the spirit of fear but of love and of power and a sound mind. And you know what your response is? Amen. You know what? You read it here. It says, train up a child in the way that he shall go. And when he's older, we, he shall not depart from it. And you know what our response is? Amen. You read through the scriptures and you take it and God is saying, look, I have called you. I have redeemed you. I have empowered you by my spirit. And you know what your response is? It's amen. So be it. I'm going to take it because when anxiety comes and the enemy comes to attack, amen. Because God has given us promises. And I'm closing, but I'm, I'm doing a preacher close, but don't be too excited because it's going to take a minute. It's one of those preacher close. You know the preacher closes. They say, I'm closing. And then 20 minutes later, you're like, man, I was, thought I was going to be at lunch by now. We'll preach about through about four chapters of the Bible in the next five minutes. So just buckle up. Many of you know the story of Jacob and Esau, if you've been at church in, at any time, and if you don't, then I'm, I'm getting ready to tell you the story. Twin brothers, born of, of Isaac, and and Esau's the firstborn. He's a, a hunter. He's kind of your, your, a, a man, man's man. He's 
he's rugged. The Bible tells us he's hairy. I don't, I don't, I mean, you know, they had to tell us that because he's, he's rugged, you know. He, he goes out and he hunts. He's favored by his father. Jacob is the second born, just barely. He's grabbing his brother's heel. They were fighting in the womb, but who could get out first? And he's, you know, he's more domesticated. He's, he's into the show fixer-upper. Nothing wrong with that. I like the show fixer-upper. But he's favored by his mother, the Bible says. And Isaac's getting old in his age. Jacob has already deceived his brother out of his birthright. So we know that story where they're sitting around and Esau comes in and says, I'm starving, you need to make me some, some soup. And, and Jacob's like, hey, I'll give you some soup if you give me your birthright, you give me your inheritance. And Esau trades it away. Now there's this, this point where Isaac's going to pronounce blessing upon his sons. And these blessings carry a lot of weight. So Isaac tells Esau, he says, hey, I'm going to give you the firstborn blessing. I'm going to give you this, this, this great blessing. I just want you to go out and kill a deer and make me some venison stew. And I'll give you a blessing. So Isaac's out, but their mother overhears it. They say, Jacob, your father's going to give Esau this blessing. We've got to do something about it. So Jacob puts wool on his arms because Esau's hairy and, and Isaac can't see very well. So he's going to feel, feel his arms to see if it's really Esau. And, and so he'd smell like the outside as well. And his mother makes him some, some venison stew and, and he brings it. And Isaac gives Jacob the blessing that was supposed to be Esau says that he's going to be master over many nations and and he's going to his brothers are going to have to serve him all that bless him will be blessed and all that curse him will be cursed and and then Esau comes in from the field and he hears this he says wait a minute what are you doing you're giving him the blessing that I was supposed to receive what's going on and Isaac says it's already been spoken it's already been done sorry you're going to live by the sword and you are going to serve your brother for the rest of your life and Esau says I vow before God I'm going to kill him not a figurative kill him a literal kill him so Jacob says oh no <laughs> I've got I've got I've got to get out of here because Esau is really is going to kill me I've I've deceived him out of his birthright now I've taken the blessing that was supposed to be his I got to be on the run so he goes to his uncle Laban's house he gets married to, to Leah, uh, and then he gets married to Rachel, two sisters. I don't advise that. Bad idea. It was a trick by his uncle. Very strange. We know God is a miracle-working God because he had wives that were sisters, and it worked out somehow. But long story short, he begins to be blessed. He has he has multiple sons. This is where we get the 12 tribes of Israel, and, and, he, and he has he, he's wealthy. He has lots of animals and, and, and the, the wealth of that day. He, he has a, a bunch of things, and then God tells him, go back to the country of your father. Go back home. And while they're on the road with all of his wives, his kids, his animals, everything that he owns, it's reported back to him, 
Esau knows you're coming back. There's 400 men with him armed. And you talk about anxiety. And you talk about fear. And you talk about confusion. What do you do when life doesn't go how it was planned? What does it feel like when your loved one gets sick or your friend turns your back on you or the marriage seems hopeless or, or and you know God has called you, you know God has had his hand upon your life and you're thinking, this doesn't add up. God, you're the one who told me to go back home and Esau's coming to kill me and everybody that I love. What do you do when anxiety attacks in those situations? You see, for, for me and, and, and my wife, we went through a, a situation. We, we knew we were called of God and called into the ministry, and, and we moved down to Florida, and we began to pastor a church back in 2012, and, and we fell in love with people like you, like you do as a pastor, and, and, and things were, but we felt this shift and this transition, and, and we knew that we were, you know, that it, we, it just wasn't going to work out, and we were going to kind of move on, and, and the hurt and the pain, and, and it doesn't, you're thinking, well, this is not how I wanted it to turn out, and I knew it was going to hurt people. People and people weren't going to understand. And, and, and what is what do you do? Because there's this anxiety. Well, God, you called me. God, you're the one who called me to this. You're the one who told me to go. And, 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 and it looks like there's 400 people ready to, to attack and to kill. What do you do in those situations? And it was in that moment, in that time of my life, that I read this story. And it says, in this current situation... That Jacob was in. He prays this prayer. He says, oh Lord, please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau. I'm afraid that he's coming to attack me along with my wives and children. Now look at this. And this is what I want you to hang on to. But you promised me. I didn't make the promise. Somebody else didn't make the promise. God, it was your promise. And when God has given you a promise, it is a sure foundation. It's good ground. It is going to come to pass no matter what the situation or the circumstance looks like. And he says, you promised me that I will treat you kindly and I will multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sand along the seashore. Too many to count. And when anxiety began to attack Jacob, he focused on God and he reminded himself of God's promise. You promised me. And let me tell you, when anxiety comes, you've just got to renew your focus and get your perspective on God because the enemy may be attacking, but guess what? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You might need provision in your life, but guess what? I know the one who has the cattle on a thousand hills. You might be sick or a loved one might be sick in their body, but I know the great physician. You may not see the light at the end of the tunnel, but we serve a God who knows the beginning from the ending. We serve a God who is not going to leave you or forsake you. He's not going to leave you out in a dry and a weary land. He's going to make a way when there seems like there is no other way. 
He's going to make waters flow through the desert. He's going to make it because he promised, not because I said it, not because somebody else said it, because it's in his word. And guess what? Fear does have to bow. Guess what? Chains do have to fall because Jesus changes everything. And if you're here right now in this place and you need something from God, he is here and he is willing to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. 